0: hello again and welcome back to thinking about it i'm here with dr stan how are you stan i'm wonderful pastor bob and uh, we are thinking about something right now that everyone is thinking about Uh, social media has just erupted for with various issues lately a lot of us in leadership uh, are trying to deal with it some of us go on ice some of us go into the fire with it you've Recently, been in a little bit of flame yourself on social media. I have. Uh, so the question today, Stan, is how how do we as leaders deal with this, and what what should our posture be? What are the things that we've learned not to do uh, when we go into some of these online discussions? Can it be can it be used for the for the good of the kingdom, or can it be something that we really regret?
1: Yeah, I Bob, I've I mean I've been. Thinking about this to a degree that I probably never have before, ever since last Saturday, mm-hmm. when I put a post on Facebook that taking the form of an appeal to pastor friends and others to rethink their protest against current public health restrictions, in which they insist on gathering the church in defiance of of the Emergency law. And you
0: really only have a few pastoral friends that would yeah, be included in it's that. Yeah, it's
1: a small number. But yeah. as I said in that, I'm, I'm, some of you have, have done that, have led your church in that direction, and others of you are thinking about it. Yeah, okay. So I, I, I wrote it because I, I know that others are wrestling with the question. But, and this is not the time to go down the road of saying everything I said in that post. But it, let's just say, posting that on Saturday morning... Um, Kind of chewed up the rest of my weekend mm-hmm. because I, I would say within certainly fewer than five minutes I had I had two likes and I had an almost immediate request from a pastor friend to use my post as a guest yeah. post on his blog. Mm-hmm. My post, at last count, was shared—I don't know—north of two hundred times. I think I don't know about others and how how much was shared. So it it's just it's and so I got a lot of comments. Most of them affirming, some of them very critical, some of them asking legitimate questions, and so I, I I tried to reply. Uh, to those who raised questions that I thought deserved and demanded an answer. But it, it was just a reminder of the power of the internet, the power of social media, how, how widely our words can go, which made me realize I have to think very carefully about how I use mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter.
0: Because someone might say you're being contentious, you're stirring up strife, uh,
1: we, we're called to peace. You know, and look what you've done. Yeah, in fact, one, one of the persons who responded to me said, uh, I think you've poisoned the well here. And I mean, I, had to, I, had, I, w- I went back and read my post again and thought about it. I, I still honestly think I wrote it in a very careful and respectful way and emphasized we're brothers and sisters in Christ here. We are, we're we're going to make different choices on this. This is an intra-family discussion. I tried to, I mean, I phrased it in that way. And yet, and yet it's a reminder that, that no matter how well I phrase my words, no matter how careful I right. may be, I have to think about the way those words are going to be heard.
0: Right, and some people think if you're not for me, you're against me. And you didn't come out in that article being for any particular side. All you are asking for is a principled debate.
1: Right. I, w- I was saying to my friends who have gone the, the route of civil disobedience, mm-hmm. I, I want you to reconsider that choice on this particular point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I explicitly said in the post, time may well be coming when, when I will be happy to take the lead in an act of civil disobedience. But I don't think this is that. But, but it's just a, it's a reminder of um, how, how wide the conversation can become. And that's, that's a reminder that whether it's Facebook or a Twitter, both of which I'm involved in. Are you on Twitter? I have a Twitter account. I, I have a large Facebook account, as you know. Oh, I know. 2020. 2021 Facebook friends in the year of our Lord yeah. 2021. I that's don't that's know how
0: that happened. That's but I got to be
1: honest with you, Stan. I have uh,
0: cut back on my Facebook posts uh, be, because of what you're going through, um, and I, I, I commend you for dealing with that kind of thing. But it really got to me uh, personally because my friends, who I thought were friends. Weren't that friendly, uh, and maybe I didn't. Maybe I needed to write better, uh, but it just took a lot of energy from me. And I'm I'm focused on the ministry here at the church. I'm not a writer like you. I don't live in that world, and so I just had to say, um, I'm I'm just going incognito now. I I'm not comfortable with that. I do feel the urge to speak, and then lo and behold, you write what I was thinking. So I, I just say, okay, I'm going to like that. I'll repost it. But I, I do wonder, you know, how to respond and to live in this atmosphere. I am a leader in the church. I not only lead my congregation, but I think there's an obligation for me to weigh into some of
1: these things. But man, you get your fingers uh, wrapped by your friends. Well, you do. And and as you and I recognize, it can unfortunately chew up your life and and... I mean, we we have ministry to other people that has to happen apart from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. and so on. Um, I don't have as many Facebook friends as you do, but I had 548 when I last checked, and I was a bit surprised by that. But of course, I mean, I, I've, I've been teaching theology since 1980, mm-hmm. part-time or full-time. Mm-hmm. I've taught a lot of students. I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends in a lot of places. And... And just after last Saturday, I had a long list of new Facebook friend requests. Mm-hmm. A couple of them I confirmed, but I just can't. I can't go on. I mm-hmm. can't keep up with it. And yet, it it has it has reminded me that there is great potential, positive potential, for creating um, the kind of dialogue that needs to happen among believers in Christ. Um, I mean this this provides an opportunity to discuss issues that confront all of us on a much wider scale yeah. than we could ever do. But there's got to be the a internet. there's
0: got to be a way that we can do it without casting pearls before swine because I think sometimes the things that we talk about can actually cause some people to stumble and I just wish that they they weren't privy to some of this stuff, you know, and maybe Uh, a Facebook group where you're in there by invitation or something uh, and you speak one way in that context and then to the weak, you know, who need to hear good things, they could be spoken to differently?
1: I don't know. Well, that is one of the concerns, isn't it? Because I I mean, I I certainly know before I post anything on Twitter or Facebook, I recognize I, I have people who are friends of mine who are following me on Twitter who are not believers or who may be weak believers. And, and, and I don't want to speak in a way that will cause them to stumble. That, that is a concern for sure. And yet, Jesus told us that um, the way the world would know we are his disciples is by our love for one another. And Jesus prayed in John 17 that the Father would make all of those who would come to believe in him one so that the world might see the difference made by his coming into the world. Mm -hmm. So I asked myself, in what context does the world see the love that Christians have for one another? One of the places, I Mm -hmm. think, is on Facebook or Twitter or on social media where hopefully they can observe us interacting with one another in a way that's candid but respectful and loving and carrying on a positive conversation, providing an example of of a community of people who can actually have unity in the midst of some diversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what the, the wider world around us wants. At least that world says they want a unity and diversity. So and maybe maybe what, what you're suggesting here, like what we
0: have here at Grandview, we've got our, our community, Facebook community, and the rule is, right up front, you speak in a certain way, um, the implication is you're, you're, you'll be dismissed, you'll be cut off if you, if you are rude. So maybe what you can do, what I can do, is when I go online, just uh, call my friends up and say, look, you you're not speaking well, and publicly speak to that person about their tone so that the watching world can see how we respond to people within our own tribe or not uh, who who are um, misspeaking in that way. Otherwise, you, I'm going to lose half my friends and just cut them off uh, and never hear from them again. But you're right. I think it's good for them to hear uh, a gentle rebuke within our tribe for uh, of people who are speaking uncharitably.
1: I think it actually could could be a very powerful witness because I mean Jesus' point is you, if, if if you are if, if if my my followers create a community in the world that that gives tangible evidence of this unity and mm-hmm. diversity mm-hmm. and of love for one another. That will show to the world that the gospel they presently reject mm-hmm. creates the community that they, in fact, desire. Okay,
0: and, you and, need to say that again. That, that was a good one.
1: Okay, a loving and, and unified church, living that out before a watching world, shows them that the gospel they now reject creates the kind of community they desire. That could be a very powerful witness. Well, Jesus said that in his prayer. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I I still remember in my youth, in my hyper-conservative, self-styled fundamentalist church environment, Jesus' prayer for the unity of his people was said to be purely about our spiritual unity, which is a fact. And you and I have nothing to do with, with making that. Jesus' prayer is, make them one so that the world may see. Mm -hmm. It's obviously not talking about an ethereal, Mm -hmm. uh, spiritual unity that doesn't touch down on planet Earth. It's talking about a visible unity. But the whole world knows that we don't all see everything the same way all the time. And they need to see people who can interact in a loving way. And social media provides... Okay, to so do it practically speaking, um, when, when you find
0: yourself going viral and you're in the midst of all this sort of thing, and uh, you're embarrassed about some of the things that are being said on your feed, on, on, your, on your string, as it were, uh, would it be appropriate just to have a time out and speak to everybody and to remind them that uh, this is to be a Christian conversation, we don't tolerate that kind of thing, um, you're welcome to contribute? but if you speak that way, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Is that the kind of thing that, that the world would
1: take note of and say, okay? Um. I, th- I think they would. Yeah, I really think they would. Um, I mean, I, I certainly know, uh, it's quite interesting to me, just in the last couple of years, I've, I've managed to reconnect with some long-lost cousins, um, one, of whom, one of whom is a woman for whom... I conducted a wedding in 1974, um, and, and somehow we got reconnected. She con- then she found out I was on Facebook, and, and now um, anything I post on Facebook, I mean, she loves, and she's over the top mm-hmm. in, in loving me on Facebook. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about her faith commitment. I mean, she's certainly not an evangelical Part of the evangelical tribe, um, she she's Roman Catholic. I I think she probably has a genuine faith. Um, but I think she has been helped mm-hmm. to to by looking into my some of my conversations mm-hmm. on Facebook, which are basically within the evangelical tribe. I I think that's had actually a positive effect on her. And actually one other cousin with whom I've got reconnected on Facebook through that first cousin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, um, you know, it's, it has great potential for good. It also has great potential for yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. But you and I were talking about this with our interns a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And as I said to them, <laughs> that's who we are as human beings, we, we have great potential for good, creatures made in God's image. We also have great potential for evil. And that's the way it is mm-hmm. in this world. I mean, I still remember when, when our family first got Internet access in my house. And my wife said, oh, do you really want to do that? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what we've heard it's about the, the sewage Internet. of the world into your living room. Now... I can barely drag my wife away from her iPad and and her connections via the internet. Mm-hmm. It has great potential. We need to use it wisely. But uh, as I said to you and in the interns the other day, I, a few years ago, I remember reading, I think, comment of Al Mohler's to the effect, mm-hmm. if, if you actually want to provide influence and leadership, especially with younger leaders today, and you and I are in that category of trying to influence younger leaders, you 're going to have to be involved on social media because that 's where that 's the world they inhabit, and you have to be there yeah. well
0: that 's a good way to end our thinking about it, not I think that we 're so. going to stop, but we 're going to stop our broadcast and continue to ponder and I hope you do as well uh, when you go online and on facebook there's a great opportunity for ministry and to show people how distinctively Christians behave in these contentious things. So thank you for listening to us. I'm Bob
1: McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. God bless you. Keep on thinking.